0: instruction, golf business, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod. Well, welcome in everybody to the Flagstick Podcast uh, with myself, Jeff Botter, and Scott McLeod. Um, Flagstick Podcast is, uh, of course, brought to you this week by Canadian Pro Shop Online. Uh, we've got the gift of golf for that everyone is talking about the new clubhouse golf box at canadian pro shop online an amazing gift for the golfer in your life loaded with amazing products from top brands simply choose the essential or the premium box choose your ship date and they fill the box with great products and ship it right to you or to your lucky gift recipient gift giving made easy get yours and browse for other great gifts while you're there at canadian pro shop online still love uh still love that whole concept oh yeah for sure i mean just just a lot easier um you, you think know. Yeah. this time of year everything needs to be easier oh by the way before we get going here just want to make sure everybody's following us across all social media networks instagram x facebook uh tiktok threads Uh, Subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and we do encourage you, as always, to hit us up on YouTube channel. Like us, click the notification bell, and make sure you never miss a single episode. Um, Contest ongoing right now uh, on Flagstick.com. Running out of time soon. Very soon.
1: Very Uh, soon. Tomorrow? tomorrow.
0: Yes, tomorrow, actually. Well, as we record here on a Thursday, December the 8th, that contest will be on Yeah. So but another one to... will replace it at some point or another very soon. Yeah. And uh we'll just keep rolling with this all during the off season. But uh Cleveland uh, rtx RTX uh wedge is on the line. All you gotta do is subscribe to our newsletter, which is a great idea anyway, and you're in the draw. You got it. I love that. I love giving stuff away. I do love you? getting I love getting free stuff too, but I love giving free stuff away <laughs> when I when I can, I love to give it away. And people I, I, like I, to get it. I just had a delivery actually. You had to deliver some a delivery some minutes stuff? ago.
1: Well, sort of. It's for testing. It's Ow. it's it's yeah, it's some prototype golf balls to do some testing. So it's not more or less for me. You know, they have tests on the side, it's not like I'm going out to play these things. It it's the case of uh let's see what they're like from a feedback standpoint, and then uh you know, maybe we'll drop a few, a bit of information uh for our community on uh, our channels go. about them. So
0: yeah. Why not? Eh? Why not? Exactly. Um... What's going on today? Lots, well, you know, lots of stuff going on. I'm not too sure what uh, what our weather is going to be doing or <laughs> not doing lately. Had a bit, had a nice little drive back from Pembroke um, on Sunday night after a hockey tournament. Man, that was a um, little white knuckler. That was hair raising at its best. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> I can never figure out. I can never figure out why it is necessary when the visibility is 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 zero. Yeah. the roads aren't plowed. There's two ruts in the snow on the on the highway 17 coming back from Pembroke and people insist on passing. Oh yeah I'm doing maybe 60 65 you know and even at that I'm kind of like leery about how fast I'm going and people are literally zipping by I know. passing and I don't get yeah. it. I just don't yeah. I don't understand. Now I did have to laugh. One guy zipped by me. I think he was driving a Toyota Matrix. Oh no! He had winter tires on it, so oh, I'm no. sure that he thought that that made him invincible. Of course. And he whipped by me, and I swear, 15 minutes later, right before I got to Cobden, I look over and here's this guy in the ditch. And I just, yep. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, I know the snicker. The snicker actually yeah. came out, and cool. then I thought, well, maybe the guy's hurt, and maybe I shouldn't yeah. snicker. But dum dum. I, you know what? Yeah, I can remember many years and many times,
1: you know, you know, driving up to Ottawa, maybe it was winter time or whatever, definitely it was wintertime and, and that same exact same situation. And I can remember distinctly the one time the guy flying by me and I thought, that's not very good. Like, dude, you can see far ahead and there was actually a there was actually a pullover for an accident. So OPP was guarding a vehicle up ahead. Not hard to see you can see it well in advance. This guy probably got within like 400 meters of it in the left lane when he realized it was there. Obviously, hit the brake, started skidding, and ended up in the guardrail rail on the right side or whatever. And I'm just like, man, you just gotta have some awareness, especially in the winter time. Just paying attention a little bit more, and yeah, it's well. Just, I tell, uh, I tell, scary.
0: I tell my son Brandon, uh, I tell them both, Nolan and yeah. Brandon, but I tell Brandon because he's a he's a new G2 and it's right in the winter. So you know, when he's driving back and forth to school and stuff, I say, in this weather. You know, I, I don't mind. I don't care if you're driving on snow-covered roads, and I don't mind if you're driving in the snow. You have to learn how to do this stuff anyway. You can't. You can't just drive only when the weather's great, right? Can't but <laughs> um, you have to understand that it's not. It's not like this crazy revelation of how to drive when the weather's not that great. When it gets cold out, even if the roads are clear, because it's warm during the day, they get a little moisture on little water, and when it gets cold, that freezes. So. Yeah. The first thing you do when you leave the house in the morning as you're driving down the driveway is before you get to the end of Let's our street, out. start testing the brakes. Got get it. it up to like 30 and hit the brakes and see if it skids and how much it skids. So then when you get to the stop sign, you're slowing down well before the stop sign. You're driving to school and there's cars. Make sure that there's eight lengths of cars in you, front of you. Are you saying friction matters? Friction does matter. Now, I mean I have a I have a Jeep Cherokee and, and it but I don't have winter tires on the Jeep. I have all I have all terrain tires. I have very, very brand new, all very good tread, but they're sure. not winter tires. So they're not even as good as the tires that are on my wife's car because hers are winter tires. Yeah. But I have four-wheel drive, so that helps a little bit with this with the steering, but it doesn't help with the skidding. Nope. Not you know, bit. even winter tires don't help a ton with the skidding, but they're softer, so they do grip and the friction and all that anyway. Why are we having a discussion about I, I friction and winter tires when we're supposed to be talking about golf? All I am right, so sorry, to- people. I'm so sorry. All the people listening. Um, this is terrible. Uh, we got a great show. And uh, first we're going to talk about tires and then we're going to get into some golf stuff. Uh, the new golf ball testing standards, uh, uh, some Canadian success on the LPGA, uh, LPGA Q school a trio of Canadians playing at the Grant Thornton Invitational. Um, this week and on the back nine we're going to be joined by a passionate local amateur golfer on a quest to play a lot of golf so let's get to the front nine presented by metcalf golf club natural setting a pleasant challenge golf season may be over but there's not a bad time to start planning for next season right now get your membership get your name on some of those league lists um purchase game packs get yourself ready to go for the uh for next season and hit the first tee with some money extra money in your pocket visit metcalfgolf.com to shop now and get something for the golfer on your list very good jeff you got it back on the rails yeah <laughs> freaking crazy 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 crazy. Uh, um all right scott three yes. canadians at lpjq oh, series uh let's yeah. talk let's talk about uh how everybody made out
1: yeah, it was good. Uh, I was up late last night uh, doing a write-up for this. So if people want more details, is up on flagstick.com. But uh, the LPGA Q-S series, the six-round finale for the tour that obviously qualifies their players for 2024, wrapped up yesterday in Mobile, Alabama at the Crossings, which uh, we played many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Canadian success. The three that went to uh, Q school, there's 104 players that were in the field. Uh, and this, again, is a third stage basically um uh maddie zarek and alina sharp were exempt into that uh stage but savannah gruel had to play all the way from stage one all the way through and all three of them secured status for 2024 nice. which Excellent. uh yeah Excellent. which is which is awesome um because they will join brooke henderson and modemi leblanc who uh spent most of the year injured so we'll have five they'll so they'll join them on the LPGA tour next year. So we'll have five LPGA tour players wonderful uh, or next year, which, you know, uh, we'll get to it in a bit here when we talk about the grant Thornton, but um, talking to Brooke yesterday. She's excited about having some other players join her. And a great point was made during a call a media call that we had yesterday. And the fact that, this is the first player since Brooke has got to the LPJ Tour. This is the first Canadian player younger than her to join the tour, which, you know, she's only 26, but she's been on tour. This is heading, you know, 10, finishing up 10 years. Um, So this is exciting as far as seeing those levels of those players come up and you know Savannah we've talked about a little bit before Uh, she left school at Clemson she was there as a grad student um, just because she had to turn pro for the finals of the Q series she had tied for first at the first stage tied for six at second stage. And man, she played well, shot 18 under uh, this week, tied for 10th. So she gets category 14 status, which is the, the highest that you could achieve from the Q school for finishing the top 20. Um, she ended up playing all three stages at 41 under par. Good lord! 14 rounds. So yeah, played played like a champ. Obviously, very excited. Had a couple of quick text messages with her dad yesterday. Uh, obviously, he was excited as well. The whole family and you know a chance to celebrate last night, and then uh, a veteran, Alina Sharp. And uh, Maddie Zarek, who, uh, you know, were 102 and 145 respectively on the tour this year in the LPGA. Mind you, Alina played mostly on the Epson tour and did have a win there. So she was only a part-time player. Um, They were both facing kind of being a little bit further down with status for for 2024. Uh, Maddie would have been in category 16. Elena would have been in category 19, which wouldn't have got her a lot of starts. Um, And they both ended up T-38 finishing that top 45 and they'll get category 15 status. So, um, good for them. And Elena 68 on the final day, you know, to make the mark. And it was just, you know, uh, I think she ended up nine under eight was the mark to get in there, but yeah, she had to shoot that 68 on the final day. So, you know, great, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure there. So that's pretty
0: awesome. And, um, the uh, the Grant Thornton Invitational uh starts uh, this week actually tomorrow yeah. as we record this in Naples. Uh Corey Connors and Brooke Henderson teaming up together, mm-hmm. a couple of Canadians. That's pretty awesome. Um to see uh, uh to see the two of them teaming up. It'll be interesting to see how they do this week. A yeah. lot of cool pairings in that too I saw came out.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, it's a 32 players, 16 in the field. It's the first uh combined LPGA PJ Tour event in I don't know like 24 years or something. Remember like the that. Wendy's? Yeah, well, the, they had the Wendy's that was a three, three tour di- three challenge. different levels. They had the old J.C. Penny classic. Uh, you know, these were these mixed events, and obviously they changed J.C. Penny. Thor- yeah, they changed this Grant Thornton event over to to this, and um, yeah, I was on a call yesterday with with Corey and, and Brooke. We had a few. Uh, they met up with a few uh, us Canadian media peeps uh, virtually to talk about it. They're both very excited, obviously, to play with each other. Uh, Corey right away was like, you know, as soon as he heard the format change, he was, you know, even though even. Even though uh, Brooke hadn't committed yet he had said hey I want to play with Brooke uh, so they put that together and, you know, it's kind of a mutual admiration society with the two of them. They, they're mm-hmm. excited to see how each other plays. Uh, they haven't really crossed paths since they played for Canada uh, in Tokyo in, t- in 2021. And they actually, the last time they played as a team was in 2013. They played the Copas de la Americas in Doral, which Brooke would have been the number one amateur in the world then. Uh, now Corey is five years older than Brooke, but they were both on team Canada at that point uh, when they teamed up with Augusta, James and Alvin Choi to win that event so it's been 10 years since they've actually been on a on a team together so um yeah it should be fun to watch fun to follow um yeah a lot of stuff going on there as far as that event and you know as we said they're they're excited to play with each other see how their games sort of stack up uh it's a chance to kind of work on some you know new equipment maybe try a few things out here and there Brooke does have a new driver in the bag uh, this week. Yeah. It's uh it should be good. Cool. Nick, Nick Taylor's also in that field as well. Yeah, I was going
0: to say Nick Taylor is uh is playing yeah. with the uh with the uh, KPMG Women's Champion. Yeah, Ronnie Yen. Yen. Ronnie yeah. Yen. yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh cool. they're actually all paired together on on day one. Of course so, <laughs> yeah, and the funny part about uh, Ronnie Yen is like they they were put together for this team they're obviously put in separately they didn't know each other and uh they asked nick taylor or they asked uh, ronnie in what she knows about nick taylor and she's like well i know he can putt <laughs> so that was about it but there you uh, go yeah should should be a good great field 141 combined lpj and pga tour victories uh among the players in the field and and you know Corey and brooke count for 15 of those by themselves so um should be, should be a decent squad
0: okay
1: all right be a decent squad. starts friday
0: there's Friday, so here's the the topic du jour. Oh my god, topic! <laughs> this to is do- um topic to dominate. Oh, this uh, is really kind of getting um all of the discussion in the golf world right now. This uh, short
1: of short of John Rom stuff. Oh Rumor, rumors until we see any facts, but anyways, yeah. A lot
0: of times where there's smoke, there's fire. But man, can you imagine though? Like just sorry, just on the on the John Rom topic, just yeah. like to think. Of everything that John Rom um, had said early, mm-hmm. early on when all of the the whole live stuff started to come down, if in mm-hmm. fact he does, if in fact, uh, yes. jump ship and yeah. and uh, and do this thing, mm-hmm. um, I mean, people change their minds, to change their opinions, sure. you find yeah. out new new information, and that that dictates a lot of things. But it just I, I man.
1: Well, it'll de- it'll definitely be a, a bit of a firestorm if, if it's certainly true. I, I just I just get tired, unfortunately, of, you know, it's rumor after rumor. Here's this number. Here's this number. Here's this number. And I had to have a laugh today because, you know, Wall Street, Wall Street Journal published something. And it was the same thing. It was speculative. Oh, somebody familiar with the matter. It's like, okay, there's very few people that are actually familiar with the matter. Um, and I thought it was funny that it actually, it was behind a paywall. I was able to see it uh, just because I had some access to some Wall Street Journal articles. And it basically took three people to rewrite the same rumor is <laughs> really what it was. And it was just like, come on, people, from a credibility standpoint. You know what? I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true. No, but, but I don't have any proof of that. So I'm not going to be the one, you know, repeating the same
0: rumors over and over again. And, it's, it's, not up,
1: the- and it's not up to John Rom to deny every single rumor.
0: No, but it's, not, it's, it's, it's the damage that can get done um Mm -hmm. when when things are written when facts aren't yeah um like facts aren't clear you know Mm -hmm. that that's that's the issue that i have so which leads us
1: exactly into the rollback stuff because the same thing happened here golf digest you know published the the fact that this ruling was probably going to be coming out this week and and, Mm -hmm. and i'll get to the details of it in a minute we might have to split this up a little bit but um but the problem was is that even though even the ruling is out now, there's so many people disseminating information without reading the reports, without mm-hmm. reading the actual information. And, you know, the sky is falling. And the number of people that I've heard going, oh, we're going to be back to playing ballad of balls or we're going to lose 40 yards. Or it's just like, oh my God, they're just, you know, they're repeating all this stuff over and over mm-hmm. again without looking at the facts, which, you know, unfortunately becomes a bit of a problem. And, you know, I did tweet out, a little bit of a chart for people to start to think about, but I also understand one thing. So we'll, we'll talk about what the distance standard is. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's, let's start with that just to give it some framework as far as the discussion. So basically the RNA and the USGA you know, they've been studying this for multiple years now. They've had their distance inside insights reports. They're looking to basically draw a little bit of a line in the sand for the future, right? It's been 20 years since the testing standard has been updated. And the overall, and first off, people are shocked that golf balls have a standard, right? They've been actually producing uh, distant standards for golf balls since 1976. They had a testing standard that was different at that point. It was basically 109 miles an hour, certain conditions as far as hitting a golf ball. At that point, it could go 280. This now we're updated. Um, you know, the current one heading into this, and this is not going to take a, effect for amateurs until 2030 and for the pros until 2028. They're basically going from a, a standard where they would test at 120 miles an hour uh, with a 10 degree launch angle and 2500 spin, and the ball could go 320. They're keeping the 320 number, but they're making it a higher speed. To get to that number so effectively shortening the golf ball the idea is that for most people that's going to mean a a change in the aerodynamics so the testing now will happen at 125 miles an hour at a lower spin rate 2200 and a launch of 11 which is more reflective of of modern times but people have to remember this is reflective of the pros and the top amateurs and how they hit the golf ball and how they play as far as the testing. The average amateur doesn't create that much speed, not that much spin and so forth. So when we start to look at it, people all of a sudden were like, oh, everybody's going to lose. 5.4%, 5.4%, which is basically what would be happening for the, the top end. Mm-hmm. But they have to realize that as they work their way down and people have different speeds, launch conditions, whatever, it becomes less and less of what they will actually lose. And we've we pushed charts on our social media and all that stuff and, and shared what the USGA and stuff did. The average player, because they don't create much speed, is not going to lose much at all. In fact, even the top players. We'll lose speed or we'll lose, uh, you know, probably 30 equivalent to 30 to 45 feet is what it is Mm -hmm. at the very top end. Once they get below, say about a five iron, they're not going to see much difference at all. The average person is going to lose a few yards off their driver, but because their clubhead speeds are so low, they're not going to see much difference on the bottom side. Now, again, you know, obviously they're doing this to talk about more about the future, because if they don't draw a line in the sand now, they're going to have to do something in the future. So thoughts. I mean, I'm sure everybody's got thoughts. Everybody's got opinions on it. Obviously, there's been was discussion about bifurcation. There was about, you know, now they're deciding basically they're going to have to do this rollback across the board um for for a number of reasons but again we can get into that so uh, that's my that's my piece for now you go at it i want to hear what you've got to
0: say well <laughs> um, i'm mixed on this because i don't as far as the game goes for the vast majority of those of us that play golf mhm Um, I'm pretty sure, and I'm not a scientist and I'm not a research and development technician. Um, so I don't know the ins and outs of, of all of the, all of it. But what I do know is that for the vast majority of the golfers out there, I don't think that doing that, that what they're doing Mm -hmm. makes it means anything. Okay. as far as drawing a line in the sand for the future, whatever, the vast majority of people that play golf are never going to hit the ball long enough to make golf courses obsolete because of the distance of the ball. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the percentage of golf, so now let's just take, for instance, the main tours. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many, there's what 250 PGA tour members. Sure. Let's say there's another 250 on the, on the uh, the the corn ferry, and let's say there's another 200 on the LPGA tour, and so on and so on and so on. If you take yeah. all the major tours, DP World Tour, let's live, say it, let's, let's say let's say, two, there, let's say 2000, there's 2,000 right? 2,000 high elite level professional golfers, right? Okay. So my thought on this is, why do we even care? Why does the industry even care about the 2,000? And how many mm-hmm. golfers are there in the mm-hmm. world? Sure like over 200,000 yeah. and then and counting oh, and counting. 000. We're millions, dude. Okay. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, yeah. what I'm saying is I'm just throwing numbers out there, but when you look yeah. at the percentages, like what is it? What is the, 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 the tours, the professional golfers. Oh, yeah. and 0. The probably 0.01%. Yeah. So, so my, my point is if they're so concerned about them making mm-hmm. golf courses, like, and I and I agree the further they can hit the ball, mm-hmm the harder it is for them to find golf courses for them to play on where, where professional golf can be competitive. Mm -hmm. But why do we care about those guys? Why don't we, why don't we focus on, okay, well let's develop, Mm. uh, let's develop each manufacturer. Okay. Well, explain to me the issues because why can't we develop a tour specific ball that Mm -hmm. an amateur can play and buy? Mm Like I can buy, I can buy blades forged Mm -hmm. blades and i can buy uh deep cavity irons and i can buy a 420 cc driver and i can buy a 460 cc driver but they're all they're all conforming though but that's what what i'm saying is the the golf ball the tour golf ball can be conforming Mm -hmm. for the tour player They could be it it can be two levels of golf ball there's an elite there's a tour ball that's used Mm -hmm. for for professional golf and there's a ball that is for everybody else. or so you're a,
1: basically talking about bif- bifurcation. So Absolutely. I,
0: I don't, I don't yeah. see any reason why. Now, I get what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying that, that when it comes right down to it, it's mm-hmm. less than 5% distance loss. Well, 5% distance loss to, to some people, five yards is five yards in their mind. I mean, we're talking about perception.
1: Yeah, but talking about a driver going fifteen feet less, and and the thing is, is but that that's my point. Is it that the no. average the average player doesn't maximize what they do anyway? So the thing is, though, is they have to have some standard, right? So and here's the thing: I'm not but the saying standard it has to be can one way be different. But the problem is, if it's different, then all of a sudden you're not playing the same ball as the pros. Everybody if wants to play with the same baseball, the same basketball, whatever. That's Bats baloney. That's We've baloney. About, that, that, no, that's not. The, okay, that look, the at surveys. the forty
0: year old guy. I don't care about the surveys. The forty year old guy that's out He's playing golf at the. Okay, look, at your surveys are based on a small sample size of people, not everybody that plays. So when I do a survey, it's I'm going to survey how ten thousand people. Well 10,000 out surveyed. of 2 million is a hard, is not a is not a, a valid um Look. a valid data data form there. I'm just looking I'm just playing the devil's advocate hey, here, okay? I'm, so I am
1: telling you that there can't be unfortunately you have to have a standard. You can't have 2 million different standards. Okay,
0: so let's let's have a standard that person person's that, going to be different. Right. So let's have a standard to ensure that we 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 are uh, looking after the vast minority as opposed to the vast majority. Okay. So uh, why not leave the golf ball alone and just and, and stop making the golf courses so damn fast? I watched. Oh, I watched these PJ Tour events. I watched look, these guys hit the ball and have it roll out seventy-five yards. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, and that, but so, that's a whole.
1: That's a whole other dis- discussion that we could get into, and there are going to be secondary discussions related to this because if you look and read the actual insights report and go through the ruling, they're obviously making mentions of forgiveness of driver and so forth. Where we, this is where we we'll, might see a start to be a separation between what is done for the amateur and what is done for the pro because basically it indicates that there's probably going to be a model local rule that they're looking at at some point that could be for the tour player that Mm -hmm. limits the tour player what they can do for a driver versus what the average player does but still allowing the player to have the same golf ball the other side of it is that if we go to a tour only golf ball tour only golf balls which are these players are not paying for these golf balls. So if their cost all of a sudden is borne by them, but we also have to understand that we're not just talking about the pros. There's the high end top. And I'm going to lose more distance because I'm a higher club head speed. Right. And again, I'm just trying to argue the point. So I'm not trying to say it's one way or the other, but I'm trying to get my head around everything. We have to also understand that although we're talking about the 0.001% of the professional golfers, the majority of players that are swinging at the high speeds as well, the greater number, to go back to your point, there are more amateurs in the world. Well, all those super high-end amateurs as far as speed of amateurs, those kids that are swinging 130 miles an hour that are are right now are juniors, they're just only going to get faster and they're amateurs. So that becomes a problem not just for the pros, for the amateurs. So at some point, they have to draw a line in the sand for the future, Right. We're talking 2030 from now.
0: Got nothing? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I just don't uh, maybe I just don't understand why if they want to if they want to do this why they can't. Yeah, and you don't need to be concerned about whether you're going to recoup the cost of developing the golf ball for the tour to tour players or the elite amateurs just develop the golf ball, put it in the stores and if people want to buy it, let them buy it. It's a tour ball. You want to buy a tour. You want to play what the pros are playing. If if that seems to be in your opinion, that seems to be something that people actually give a crap about. And I still well, do, a, I still doubt a... that they do. But they they they. I, I really 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 don't think that the vast majority okay. of golfers care whether they're playing the golf ball that okay. Tiger Woods plays. They so... they play the pinnacle friggin whatever the, the 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 whatever ball gives them the most distance. That's the ball they want to play you just made the point is there what the more distance wherever anyways but that's, besides that's the but point, that's it, it, what but, makes the game more enjoyable for I, and it doesn't matter gonna, what we say about whether it's five percent four percent ten percent fifteen percent they don't care we're talking about one club the average golfer
1: that hits it 220 yards for a male mm-hmm. and 160 yards for a female is gonna hit it 215 well is going to see who hits it to they're going to not even they're going to lose 15 feet 15 feet
2: mm-hmm.
1: that they could regain by getting two more miles in a club head. Absolutely. Speed, Scott, but or... how many
0: amateur, how many, how many Joe average golf amateurs out there that aren't elite level hit it 300 off the tee? They don't, but they every don't single have... one of them in their mind, that's my they, point. They I all know, but... think they hit it further than they do. So they're going to hit they're going to think they hit it shorter because the ball is, it's just, to me, it's just, well, the I thing is, is though they have to get
1: into reality and not what the what is not the reality. I think we should
0: <laughs> just go back to freaking using hickory shafted golf clubs and <laughs> and and gutta percha balls Look, here, and enough of the, and forget don't even mow so, the fairways
1: anymore. So I mean, and I agree as far as the course conditions at tour level and stuff like that. We have to also remember too. You know, we're talking about changes. In, are people going to leave the game because of this? I mean, there are going to be some people, but it's going to be very wow, few. I mean, but I doubt mid-
0: anybody's going to leave the game, but you're going to have I, a lot of people but, but, complaining for a, for a while once it actually Well, happens.
1: they're they're going to complain anyways because everybody complains because they don't hit the golf, golf ball the way they want. But, you know, let's look at even under the RNA conditions. In 1990, all of a sudden, the British ball was illegal. Through the 70s and the 80s, a lot of people played the British ball versus the American ball. Even the pros would go over to St. Andrews and they would go over early to play the British ball because it went further. So there's already been a, a, a rollback for... You know, in that case, there was a rollback already as it was. There's always been a distant standard, but if we don't have any limitation, I think the issue here for a lot of people is that it's a backwards move versus a line in the sand as far as let's just leave it where it is now. And and I will say that has been the feedback in most cases from a number of the golf ball companies of basically saying, okay, we're at a standard now. Why can't we just leave it at a standard? And sure, that could be valid as well, right? Um, And on the other side of it, the, you know the PGA tour and so forth they don't believe that the 125 mile an hour is realistically as the standard that it maybe shouldn't go from 120 to 125 but again we're talking about something that's 6 years in the future here we don't know what's going to happen between now and then so um you know it's it's heavily nuanced i just hope that you know and it's not going to happen there's just A little too much hysteria and not people digging in and seeing what the actual science is. And I can tell you, just by posting a distance chart and you look at like launch angles and stuff like that, a lot of people, the average golfer, or let's I wouldn't call the average golfer, just the average golfer doesn't care about this. They don't put in scores, they don't do whatever, they don't even know how far they hit the golf ball. No, right. So we're still talking about a more avid golfer. A lot of those more avid golfers could probably get the 15 feet back with their wrench and make a one little adjustment. And Exactly. So there's a lot of things, but again, it's, it's, it's a lot of heavy reaction, just like the John Rom stuff, or whatever, yeah. without digging into all the different nuances. And I'm not saying it's not complicated. I mean, everybody is saying that it is complicated, but you know, they've, They've got to have some testing standard again. People, some people think there was no testing standards before this for some reason. So, but uh, you know what? But if you're an average person, you don't know that. I mean, you know, you can talk about hockey in the essence of the NHL, but the NHL is not hockey. It's pro hockey, right? So no, no, you know, no, the, you pre- know the average right. person I mean, that goes for a skate doesn't care about the rules of the NHL if they're playing shinny on the pond.
0: You can put forward any. You know any major professional sport, and and talk about the changes that have been made and how there's they, right. they, the changes may have had the elite level player in mind, right? But those changes affect everybody down the line. They um, do, whether they're positive or ways. negative changes. I mean, you were just yeah. talking on the weekend about about hockey sticks and how mm-hmm. you know the technology behind a hockey stick now allows the players to have more feel with the puck and to be able to shoot the puck harder. The problem is that the sticks are now more brittle right. and they break uh, they break a lot it's a expensive. lot easier. I mean I watched yeah. I watched kid after kid after kid on our team on the weekend break a stick, a three hundred dollar mm-hmm. stick break a stick yeah. with a warranty that lasts for thirty days. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, you know every time someone breaks a stick, I, I'm just looking up in the stands going, is the, does the parent yeah. have their head down because they just they're on their way to to yeah. pick up another three hundred dollars stick that That's, the kid's probably gonna break two weeks later. The dark side of technology, right? I mean, and that's the thing. If you're going to chase that, right, it
1: becomes a bit of an issue. And, you know, for golf, you know, look, half the people that we play with and we go and play – they don't have the latest clubs. They don't have the latest drivers. They don't have the latest golf balls. They haven't been to a fitting. They, they haven't gone through. And you know what? This They're never going to hear about the overall distance standard. They're not going to care about it. Nope. They've never looked at a rule book. They don't care about a rule book. So nope. yes, this is addressing a certain segment within the game. And it's people such. have to realize <laughs> that it's a small segment. So where it's going to impact the game is not really as much as people think. It's a case of doing a few things for specific players. I get that. Totally 100%. But yeah, people just have to sort of calm down. Your buddies are still going to be your calm golf down. buddies. Your buddies <laughs> are still going to be your golf buddies. You can still have your beer after the game. You're still going to be playing against each other. I had one guy freaking out because he's like, all the courses are going to have to be re-rated. Well, if you actually dig into the rating book and you understand what the differences are of, you know, from a distance perspective, the rating differences come in chunks of anywhere from depending on the level of the player and the length of the course come in chunks of like 16 to 26 30 yards in some cases where before there's actually a change in rating so uh, again you got to look at the details and the facts and not just you know unfortunately just repeat
0: everything that you hear on the internet well here's the thing (laughs) <laughs> and let this be let this be the, the finishing point on sure. this uh this topic that is also oh um Intentious. lovely and and, <laughs> and you know intense. For your average player out there that plays, you know, whatever number of rounds of golf a year, not for your elite player, but for your average player out there that yeah. just tips it up with their buddies, 10, this new ruling, in. this new ruling, no matter what. You're still not going to hit it as far as you think. Right. And on that note, we got to yeah, take a yeah. break. Sure. Let's and when that. we come back, um, Scott had a chance to sit down um with a uh um a passionate local amateur golfer, excuse me, cough coming. Um a gentleman by the name of Dr. Melvin Lee. Yeah. And um he has a quest to play a lot of golf, but we're gonna find out in the back nine after this uh this quick break um what that quest is all about um so stay with us you're listening to the flagstick podcast with jeff botter and scott McLeod. the canadian pro shop online has all the best gear for canadian golfers amazing prices on all the top brands in one place the latest drivers irons putters and more the canadian pro shop online is the best gear to help you play your best golf shop online today at canadianproshoponline.com all right everybody welcome back to the flagstick podcast with myself jeff botter and scott mcleod and um if you you missed the heated discussion about the golf ball rollback um you're just gonna have and you're just happening to start listening now you might want to roll back your uh your youtube or your your um wherever you're listening to the podcast and <laughs> play that little section again because uh we got a little bit heated scott and i don't always agree um and um it's a complicated topic it is a complicated topic and everybody has opinions and the goal of this particular podcast or this show is sometimes for scott and i not to agree and that leads to some pretty good podcast material and if anybody wants to hear scott and i argue well this is probably a good podcast to listen to to do it because we argued but we're good now we we cheersed our mugs we had our coffees we chatted it about chatted it out during the break and we're good to go now So uh, we're good to go, of course, with the the back nine presented by Celtic Golf Center. Located 20 minutes from Ottawa and Kempville, Celtic Golf Center's indoor golf at another level featuring five state-of-the-art trackman simulators and two new unicore simulators with GS Pro Celtic Golf Center can now offer you 10,000 golf course options to play, including many major courses and some with island greens and beautiful azaleas, in case you're Mm. wondering play rounds with friends, practice full and with full swing analysis uh, and play uh, play golf games. Visit celticgolfcenter.ca to learn more to book your tee time. All right. Yeah. Up on the back nine, uh Scott had a chance to uh to do a little uh, interview with um with Dr. Melvin Lee yeah. and um because that name doesn't sound familiar to anybody, it, maybe it won't. Uh but oh. Scott's going to explain who Dr. Melvin Lee is and and why we did this interview and what this is all about. Yeah, so uh, I've been following melvin for a while melvin is
1: actually a dentist in the ottawa area a very avid golfer and uh it's quite funny actually when you look on his instagram i make a reference to it uh in the interview but you know he has all these pictures playing golf with different people and he's always got a smile on his face and his thumbs up and it's very it was very obvious that he was a super avid golfer and i know he's involved with curling and a number of other things and i would heard him on a couple other podcasts i thought you know what this is you know, short of obviously being a a dentist, but he's a guy who comes from an interesting background. You'll hear that on the podcast. And it's just turned into a bit of a, you know, he'll admit it, a bit of a golf nut. And uh, so he made a little bit of a quest this year to try and play 150 rounds of golf and try to play on as many different golf courses as possible. And, you know, he's sort of, discovered himself along the way through golf and, and uh, you know, for a kid from, you know, his, he was like, as he said, he was a kid from, you know, Korean immigrants that came to Canada who didn't have a lot of money. It's quite the journey to get to where he is now. And, you know, I, I admire him and respect him for how passionate he is. And he'll explain, you know, so, uh, you know, how passionate he is and, and about the game. And uh, it's just fun. It's just a, uh, you know, yeah, we're talking about average golfers or amateur golfers, this is this is the epitome of a guy who's just passionate about the game and i just thought it'd be a fun uh a fun interview just to sit down have a chat with him talk about some of his journeys some of the courses that he played you know why he got into the game uh how he sort of went from being a terrible golfer as he says to a decent golfer and uh how he continues to uh
0: you know the game continues to bring joy into his life beautiful and on that note uh here's um Our Scott McLeod's uh, interview with uh, Dr. Melvin Lee. All right.
1: Got a special guest today on the podcast, Dr. Melvin Lee. A lot of people probably won't know who you are. We'll get to that in a moment. But if they do follow you on Instagram, they'll see lots of cool photos of you playing all sorts of golf courses all over the place, usually with a thumb up and a big smiling face and maybe a guest or two, which is great to see. But uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Scott. It's uh, great, great to be here. Well, you know what? It, it, it's always fun to talk to uh, real golfers. And that's that's really uh, one of the things that it really is a joy for us. I mean, a lot of people get caught up in the, uh, you know, the professional world and watching that all the time. And, you know, I think sometimes people get tired of that a little bit, maybe talking about just money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, you know what? Golfers are golfers all over the place. They have the sort of the same goals. They love to go out and play with people, play new golf courses. And I think you're a true example of that, which uh, I, th- I think is is a fun aspect of, and, and partly why we have you on the show today. So why don't we tell people a little bit about your golf journey and how, first off, who you are and then how you got into golf. And we should mention that, you know, you're, you live in Ottawa, Ontario. So people that follow this podcast, we have them from all over the place. Uh, we actually have downloads, I think, in 80 countries now. So uh, wow. that is national capital for uh, Canada for people yes. that are listening. And, you know, this is
2: Dr. Melvin Lee. Yes. So, uh, yes, I, as you said, I, I um, am a dentist yep. in the uh, Ottawa area. So for all of your listeners in the Ottawa Gatineau region who are possibly looking for a new dentist, <laughs> I am always taking new patients. Awesome. Um, um, in terms of my golf story, so I am the son of uh, Korean immigrants. Okay. Uh, they came to Canada in the early 70s. Uh, we were living in Calgary uh, when I first took up golf at the age of 12. Now, the thing is, my background wasn't like probably most of your listeners. Uh, we weren't that well-to-do. Uh, sure. We didn't have that much money. Uh, it was an invitation by the Calgary Korean Businessmen's Association uh, to members who are interested in, in the sport to like, just have a place for the, the guys to hang out on the weekend. Okay. So my father, there were a few of the men who actually brought their sons. And so uh, me and some of my friends from church, we actually tagged along with our with our dads. But in me and my dad's case, uh, we didn't have money for new equipment. We didn't have money for even lessons. So we just went in like, seriously, I don't think we even went to the driving range before we Ooh. hit the do, you, do you remember what golf course it was? Uh... There's a, a series of municipal courses in Calgary, so McCall Lake. Yep, of course. Uh, yep, Calgary. Yeah, um, but yeah, like uh, that's how I started, and kind of just went along like that for, well, you could argue twenty five years.
1: Okay, so I'll it wasn't that, it wasn't
2: like it stuck right away, and you said, "Man, I have to do this all the time." Well, just, you know. I mean, I enjoyed it, but. Uh, I have done so many sports, uh, you know, from, I know you're heavily involved with curling and, and, yes, curling curling consultant too, but, um, golf, I still believe is the most difficult sport to do. There's just so many moving parts, the body mechanics, and even within the game itself from driver to putter, and then everything in between, it's just, it's different. There's a variety in golf that you don't see in other sports and (laughs) part, part because of peer pressure, but part because I, I did enjoy, like you know, the nature aspect of the game, like walking park-like fairways and greens, and uh, I stuck with it. But I golfed properly. I, don't know if that's <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm not joking. You for 25 years, uh, my goal was to could I break 90, and for a long time it was even could I break 100, could I get to double digits. That's pretty common. It is, but for 25 years, Scott, frustrating, right? When you have a bit of like, I'm a dentist, you have this perfectionist part of me that wants to, you know, that anticipates you tee up on a par three and you you expect a hole in one, right? Like it's like this type sure. of thinking. And so I, I did that. I muddled around for 25 years, got married, and then I, I, I did enjoy golf. So I wanted my wife to play along with me. So... To be honest with you, the first formal series, like I had like one off lessons, but first formal series of golf lessons I took in, in my literally my 25th year of golf at wow. Kevin at his school. So they had said he had semi private lessons. And the, my approach was I wasn't really going for myself. I, I thought, you know, unbeknownst to me, that I thought my game was pretty good and my swing was pretty good. So I, I was there more for moral support for my wife sure sure <laughs> kevin brings up to the to the t-box and he, he does the down the line and face on video and then like goes and analyzes short analysis of my wife's swing my wife's not that athletic so there are many points that he had to cover and then he said to me okay melvin now let's see let's your turn so i like i said i went up with a bit of swagger and wanted to show up for my wife okay honey this is this this is how you hit a golf ball i i'm not joking you scott i think i swung Twice, maybe three times. Kevin said, stop, stop. <laughs> you need to unlearn everything you currently know about your golf swing. <laughs>
0: That's everything
2: about your address, your setup, everything is wrong. I don't know who taught you and I don't know who, where you learn from, but you need to unlearn everything. And he, he told me this. It's going to be more difficult to teach you because you have like 20 plus years of bad habits than it right. is to teach your wife. Yeah, you're not a blank slate, right? Yeah. It was one of my biggest humble pie eating moments of my life, Scott. But in terms of me really enjoying, and I don't, you know, this uh, podcast interview wasn't meant to be an endorsement around, you know, 30-minute sure. commercial for Kevin Hayne. But I have to attribute credit to him as to how I went from enjoying golf to really having a passion and i would even call it an addiction for golf um you know i think one of his models is better golf is more fun right and it is and it is yeah it is and so after that series of semi-private lessons um i think that first season my handicap went down 10 strokes and currently i am on golf canada i think i between an 11 or 12 handicap so that's amazing i mean that's a big uh,
1: endorsement for getting some golf education which absolutely as you said a lot of people make an assumption that they know a lot but you you don't know what you don't know
2: right exactly yeah. exactly and so anybody uh i try to have them prevent them from going through the same experience i do i always emphasize okay if you want to get serious into golf you must take lessons yeah for
1: sure. so. so how did that progress? I mean, uh, as you said, you, uh, you know, your game got better. Uh, how, when did you come to Ottawa and when did you start sort of start to play a lot more?
2: Well, I, I moved to Ottawa from Winnipeg in 2009, okay. uh, and have been having my dental practice here ever since. Um, but in terms of the pivotal, like picking golf up a gear, up a notch. It was that series of lessons with Kevin, I believe it was 2012 or 2013. Um, and then in terms of getting uh, involved with Andy Rahathi and Club EG, right? Mm-hmm. And so getting myself into some type of network membership to play more often. Um, in terms of Destination Golf, that for me, uh, the first actual bona fide experience was 2016 my father had celebrated was celebrating his 60th birthday so in conjunction with a dental course down in scottsdale we went down so i wrote it off as business expense but scott the real reason let's be honest i you know i don't know if you've been to Scottsdale, it <laughs> uh, was yes. a golf vacation it was a golf sure. yeah and we'll hope the cra is not listed exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> seven seven years now you should be yeah should be statute good. of limitations right uh, yeah. um uh what I'd done, and I, I wasn't a big fan of tournament golf. Like I didn't like I followed the majors at that time, but nothing other than the majors I wasn't too aware about. Uh, but I did know about the um, uh, Waste Management Open, right? Right. the The timing of my course was same week as that tournament. Oh darn! So we made a tee time. I'm not joking you. Two days after the final round.
1: Nice.
2: It's open. The uh, stadium on 16 was still up, uh, because the condition was in such mint PGA Tour condition. We we must we could not choose. We had to go out with caddies, so that we wouldn't hack up the course or whatever. Sure. But, Scott, that was really really cool, and to, to golf uh, in a in a destination like that at a golf course like that, right after a PGA Tour event. Mhm. That did it for me. So, since 2016, I've uh um uh, I, I always take at least one destination golf vacation trip per year. Nice. Where where have you gone? Where where are some examples before we get well, here I mean, other Kevin stuff? because as you know, Kevin, you know, uh <laughs> is a walking billboard for cabot So, I um I went there shortly after COVID uh, I believe it was 2020, 2021. 2021. Uh Cabot Cliffs, Cabot Links probably that is the best. Golf yeah, it's course. okay it's it's okay. I was I was there about a month. I was there just, just over a month ago. So yeah. Was that was in there. conjunction with the RBC Scramble that you were there for? Or? I was
1: there just the days before, but I, I was actually there at uh Cabot Links the uh the day it opened. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, Yeah, I can go back a fair bit as far as that. So, I mean, great destination there for sure. And, you know, and if you can't be inspired by uh, hanging out at uh, Cabot property, then, you know, you probably don't have a pulse, right? That's right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. No, no, it was that was the dream trip of a lifetime for me so far. Uh, I've been to PEI a couple of times. And actually, this past summer, it was with the, um, uh, I don't know if you're into curling, but. Brad Gushu's former second, Brett Gallant. Of course. Father Peter Gallant. Yep. Father Peter Gallant is close friends with me because of my link with them. My
1: family's all from PEI, so I know exactly. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know about them. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, If you you don't mind, I've got a story to tell you about about him. When I went out, he invited me out to his seaside cottage to stay for the golf trip. Um, And we played Crowbush, Thunder Rave, and Green Gables when I was out there. Uh, the first night when I got, like, he's got this rustic wood cabin, Peter and uh, his wife, Leanne, doing. Above the eating area in this small cabin, there were these nine beer steins that looked identical to each other. Okay. Okay. And I, I knew about Peter. I know he likes beer. So I, I said to him, Peter, that's, uh, I know you love beer, like nine beer steins all the same. That's a, a little bit excessive, no? He just gave me a smile. He's a very humble guy, right? Just gave me a smile. And then Leanne turned to me and was like, You don't know what those are, Melvin? I'm like, They're beer styles, right? Those are PEI Briar tankers Yeah. That Peter has won. <laughs> yeah. Nine time champion. Yeah. Pretty so impressive. Yeah. That's so. Pretty funny. <laughs> they were yeah. Probably yeah. Having a good, they are probably having a good laugh at your expense. That's right. Exactly. Going. But I mean, uh, the thing I don't know if many curling fans don't know. Peter is Peter is a scratch golfer. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he it, it was a, it was a good trip. Uh, yeah,
1: as we know, uh, you know, curling and golf pretty much go hand in hand. We have a lot of uh, a lot of crossover between the two sports for sure. I mean, oh, a yes. lot of a lot of clubs are obviously tied that way. Uh, a lot of uh, golf professionals that are curling pros as well, or have been part of uh, you know big big teams and world championship teams as well so yeah um, jennifer
2: jones jennifer jones is actually uh, i'm doing some treatment for her for, uh, um for her husband brent lang uh, was a golf pro right yes. so that, that's as as one example right so yeah
1: for sure so where are you a member now and then we'll start to get into how that ties into maybe uh some of your journey the last especially this last year
2: yeah uh so i'm a member of public uh, I've been a member with them for the past... Uh, I think this is my going to my fifth or fourth year. I can't remember. Okay. But my home club is Oat Plan in Gatineau. Um, I know people remark about the number of rounds I've done this year, and it's like some crazy feat and blah, blah, blah. I hate to break this to you, Scott. The reason I am doing this is because I'm cheap.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I just... So- so you're the nightmare member because you're, you're making use of the membership more than 100%. <laughs> I, I'm like that guy at Mandarin that eats, mm-hmm.
2: like, you know, goes up like 10 times. It's a net it's mm-hmm. loss nice to see you admit
1: it that's that's good i appreciate the honesty for sure i mean we have a lot of you know we know a lot of players we come across a lot of players during a season and you know i hear about a remarkable number of rounds you know people playing 200 250 i know somebody in my own course that does that but the difference is in most cases is that a lot of them are just playing their home club right uh, and doing that which is a little bit different than what you've been doing this
2: past year yeah. I mean, because, it, like, so, I mean, with Clublink, right? Because uh, uh, I, I think the actual number of properties is somewhere around 40. Some of these properties have 36 holes or 27 holes. So, I mean, you know, you count the actual number of courses, yeah. and then you have nine all par three courses, and some, somewhere around 50. But my point being, with the network being spread out of uh, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Montreal, Florida, Mm -hmm. right it is a great variety of courses that members uh, can gain access to and so that helped um you know bump that number up as high as it went this year um i also um my family lives in aurora okay yes so so very central to a lot of other their other properties exactly and 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 my my dental clinic is here in ottawa so uh, the fact that I'm home most weekends, right, also, you know, uh, allowed me to play a, a greater variety of courses and also a uh, greater number of
1: times. Right. So so before we get to it and talk about maybe some of the courses that you played and so forth, was this a conscious thing where at the start of the year you said, I'm going to play X number of rounds or I'm just going to play a lot more golf courses? Or was this something that sort of happened more organically?
2: Um, A bit of both. Like, uh, I, I am a bit of a competitive guy, even with myself. Um, so I, I I figured the the previous quote-unquote record that I'd done uh, in years past was somewhere between 120 and 130. Wow. But okay. unlike what I did this year, I didn't actually consciously count. And that previous year, I didn't put all of my uh, rounds into Golf Canada for my handicap tracker. Uh, so I I said, okay, from the start of the season, I'm going to, you know, we're going to try to shoot for my my low maximum was 130. I was going to do 130 for sure. Once that was exceeded, it's like, okay, well. But when did <laughs> you see that? More. Like June or whatever? Yes. <laughs> I think it was September. Okay. Yeah. All
1: right. All right. So it wasn't too bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody's gonna have any sympathy for how many rounds did you play that's yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um what, what were kind of the stand down moments so first how many rounds did you get to so far because we still have a month left in the year and yeah, so I'm, not- I'm,
2: I'm literally i'm looking at my golf canada app as i'm talking to you okay uh it's just loading up this is the first of now- the show <laughs> <laughs> golf Canada has me at 144. But okay. I actually think the real number is probably 146, 147. My okay. parents are a member of a golf course that is not rated uh, okay. on the Golf Canada system just because right. it's one of these, sure. you know, executive par three, par four type of courses. Um, so uh Golf Canada officially 144, but Realistically speaking, including those, are, I'm more like...
1: So likely. how are you going to change that? You've got, you've, got, you've got four weeks here to get you know, get to that
2: 150 mark. Are you okay. going to try to hit it? So next week, I, I'm going down to Atlantic City. Uh, and we've got me and my friend. He's a fellow member at Oak Plain. We're going to drive down. And uh, we've got two rounds booked right now. Yeah. Uh, Twisted Dune. And it's the home of the
1: shop, right? Classic for the old. C V C View, which is the south C View. Yeah. It. They're b- both That's both great golf courses. They have yeah. they have two courses there. Uh and Twisted Dune, you'll love to It's so, a uh, great awesome. great golf courses. So yeah. So, I
2: mean, my style, when I when I'm on these vacations, like I want to do two rounds in a day. Like uh, one trip I did out to PEI with my golf buds a few years back. We did eight rounds in four days. No problem. Wow. Yeah. So
1: I'd like to get three done. You and should then- be able to there. I mean, yeah. well, sneak in, in an extra, maybe go across the road and play the second course at Seaview or <laughs> down the street and play Atlantic, uh, Atlantic City Country Club, which is a great golf course. Um you, yeah, go. you, you shouldn't have any issue doing that. So. But I know just before we
2: started the podcast, you gave me a couple other recommendations of courses yeah. that are still open. So, uh, you know, even if you go by the 144 number, I think 150 on Golf Canada is going to be achievable by
1: the end of the year. Yes. yes so highlights obviously you love your home course but yes. uh you probably got out to play some venues this year that maybe you hadn't seen before or that you desired to play yes. uh, give Give us some highlights of the year maybe some of the things that you saw did you have any great moments uh people that you met i may have saw a couple of people on your instagram that you like ran into and were shocked to to run into and on the golf course but uh run it run it by me
2: so Uh, The golf story of Melvin Lee is truly one of futility, for the most part. Um, I scored my first eagle. Oh, nice. Uh, It was uh, D-Day, actually, June the 6th. Um, On the 18th hole of the Predator course at Greyhawk, Mm -hmm. uh, I was 58 yards. I remember this, 58 yards out, and it it put it in with my 58. I hold out with my 58 degree. Great symmetry there yes two months later actually sorry it was about almost three months later i hold out again at the same course but on the 16th par 5 okay. uh, from 105 yards out
1: with with 105 degree wedge <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh but um that one was a, definitely a bit more well i mean let's be honest I like, the those shots you need a bit of luck for the ball to go of yeah um so that was in terms of golf achievement Something that was special. Um, I f- scored my first ever uh even par or better round of nine uh at uh National Pines. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. which is not easy to do. Those greens are pretty yeah. tough. So yeah. And what was remarkable about that was it was the first time ever that I'd actually gone birdie birdie birdie. Like a a, a wow. birdie turkey, I guess, right? I don't know. Turkey. A little turkey. Yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. So um that happened. Um, in terms of golf courses, I mean, I, other than the trip out to the Maritimes where I went to, so I played Cabot Cliffs and those three that I mentioned in PEI, um, there weren't others that really stood out. It was just courses throughout the club link network. Um, I, I, I gained a greater appreciation for Smugglers Glen. Mm-hmm. That course is beautiful. Beautiful layout. Yeah, we host a tournament uh, there annually, and I'm, the turf maintenance there, Scott, is yes. is always good. Yeah, Jason Boyce does an incredible job there. Yes. So I actually, I really believe that that is for me the my favorite course in the Eastern Ontario area. It's it's just nice. it's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, in terms of some of the uh, uh, higher ranking, um. Courses on the Club Lake Network. So played mm-hmm. Graystone early this year. Another tough one for putting. You, you, you well, make the challenges for putting. That's, that's but happy. you know this, Scott, right? Like the, the 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 picturesque, the the beautiful courses are the ones that are the the bleeping difficult courses, right? <laughs> whatever it may be, right? Yeah. So with Graystone, for me, I feel like I haven't conquered a course from my at my skill level until I've broken ninety there. Okay, and I've yet to do so at Greystone. I think so I so you I, just
1: keep going back for more punishment. Is that more what you're punishment?
2: Starting? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other standout courses this year. Uh, one thing that was interesting was in the Belleville area. So that's now become a a a, a favorite golf spot for me. Uh, I participated, and I will be participating in the RBC Scramble again. We had a mm-hmm. bit of blowout at our uh, tournament at the Bay of Quinty mm-hmm. yep. I don't know if you know this but they're actually changing over their I think their entire course I think yeah so
1: so they'll have uh, 27 holes open next year and then there'll be 36 yeah. in 2025 so yeah
2: so they opened that one uh part of the new nine that they opened We we played I think four or five of those holes at that time yep. that's very interesting what the the makeover that that course is going through but the one course there that i want to give some love to is timber ridge mm-hmm. yeah um i i've gone and played that course several times over the past few years most re- most recently that was one of the only courses open in right. yeah. uh, when was it early november late yeah the
1: team there tries to keep it open jeremy sizer does a great job on the grounds crew and nolan walsh is the head pro there and um, our history with flagstick goes back a long way there. I actually walked the property with Stephen Ward when he was doing the original design uh-huh. in, the, in the middle of winter, uh, and, uh, got to see the center lines and everything cut and, and the whole deal back there. So that's, that's going back 23 years now. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But get a great, great property and certainly
2: underrated for sure. But the thing is, I think that, uh, I don't know if they've come under new management, but I noticed the one thing on my last, like l- literally like uh the late season, uh late fall visit, the bunkers. Mm-hmm. Uh they're changing over the bunkers. It it like white, white sand, sand that you'd expect at a resort course. Yeah. They're they're placing in there. So things are looking really good. And then turf maintenance for the time of year again was very, very good. Yeah, they was um, really cool stuff there socially too as well. Yes, yes. Uh in in terms of courses outside of the public network, uh, I, I've developed a, a bit of a relationship with Deer Creek. Oh, in, okay. Ajax. Yep. Yeah, that's another course I've yet to conquer, and it's, it's always <laughs> it's not my number. But um, uh, again, I guess the same way you kind of picked me up on social media, they have too, and so I, I've done promotional <laughs> promotional videos and promotional photoshoots. Are, are you doing wedding shoots now for them? Wedding I mean, shoes, uh, exactly. oh home, my gosh, oh, I was You're, super busy there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like. I, I kid you not, there was one time I was there, three. They had three weddings going on at the same time.: Oh, Yes. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. right?
1: Massive clubhouse, yeah. 90,000 square feet, I
2: believe. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. like a castle. Uh, but that course is uh, like okay. I know you have a wider range of experience than I do, but public course-wise, I would rate that as the best course I've played, mm-hmm. public course in yes. the GTA area., nice. like it's,
1: it's top, top shelf. Yeah, it's it's fun stuff there. So, uh, so for anybody that's you know kind of uh, you know doing a quest like this, uh, recommendations, thoughts as far as you know how to go about it, maybe a little bit. I well, mean, okay. Any, well, any, I'll,
2: any hot tips? I'll, I'll just tell you what I did. Like, uh, and I don't know if some people have this luxury to do this. I mean, owning my own business in my own clinic. I, so, what I would do is literally my last patient of the day, whatever it was, three thirty, four o'clock. I I have my golf bag, golf shoes, golf equipment, uh, like everything. I actually would change into my golf attire at my clinic, head straight, because especially when you're, you know, uh, early spring, late fall, you've really got hours of daylight, forget the driving range, forget the putting green. I'm just booting it to the first Um, And so my thing is I try to finish 18 uh, every time I go out to play. So that I would do, Scott. Monday to Friday.
0: Wow. So
2: that would, that would account for five rounds a week. On the weekends, uh, I would try to do at least three. So of the Saturday and the Sunday, one of those two days would be a thirty-six whole day. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. And so, I mean, like at that number, when you're going, like, even if you say seven, right. Times that by like, yeah, I'd say, you know, we can say that we have a five month. Yeah, uh, pretty much. That's the core of the season. You know, right. Yeah so you go us uh, 20, 20 right there. that's that's yeah, 140
1: yeah yeah so well that's awesome i uh, well i appreciate you coming on and we definitely want to catch up uh with you again and see how your quest is going um where can people follow your progress i know i follow you on instagram but uh you know <laughs> other people probably want to follow you as well i
2: appreciate the plug so it's uh my instagram uh handle is golfer dentist shocking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at I looked at the my pictures and posts. I was like, okay, you know what? There's a lot of golf, but not so much dentists. So I, yeah, that's I'm, fine. Geez, maybe, you know, um, but the, I'm, I'm there on Instagram. That's where I do. That's my main. I see social media site. I also do have a Facebook page as well. That's just under my name. Melvin okay. Lee. Okay. Uh, those that are more Facebook friendly. But, um, awesome. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck with your journey. And hey, you know what? Maybe next year we can get a game. Mm-hmm. How's that? You're on, man. Come to Old Plain.
2: Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Or you can come down and see me at Smother. Yeah, that sounds good too. I like Just it. Just down the road. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Scott.
0: Wow, I like it. Are. I like yeah. it. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff, you know, like like we said last on last week's podcast. That's the kind of stuff that we used to do in the magazine, in the print version of Flagstick Ooh. Magazine. A lot was where we would find into, in, you know, interesting people um and uh, and joe mclean did a lot of these interviews you just find interesting people and you'd sit down and do an interview with them talk yeah. to them about and 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 there were interesting um things that they did in golf uh and, and they weren't necessarily things that changed the landscape of the golf industry no. they were just things that you find people that do stuff like this i think that's awesome to 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 do that kind of thing you know yeah. um,
1: I think there's just so many stories in the game and I think that gets lost and so many people have a fixation on... You know, just the pros. And as we talked about on the front side, I mean, we have five LPJ tour players and, you know, eight, uh, PGA tour players in Canada, that's 13 people out of 40 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if we break down as far as the golfers, there's, you know, there's almost 6 million people that, that play golf in some fashion here in Canada. So that means there's a lot of stories out there. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe taking the time out to, you know, dip into this market a little bit more and, and talk to more of those players, you know, not only in this region, but you know, across the province, across the country. And and I think, you know, I think people will find their stories just as interesting as maybe, you know, some of the top players that they admire who have already been interviewed 4,000 times and everybody's yeah. already heard every everything from them at this point. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. And uh, thanks, uh, Melvin, for that. And I'm looking forward to uh, possibly
0: getting a game in with Melvin uh, next year. And we'll ask him which course around here he hasn't played and we'll hook that up. All right, sounds good. That'll be one fifty one. Yeah. Um, okay, so on that note, uh, another great show, Mister Scott McLeod. Love really enjoyed up. that. Um, want to obviously uh, thank our sponsors, um, sponsors this week: Metcalf Golf Club, Metcalf Golf Club, Celtic Golf Center, uh, and of course our um, our wonderful presenting sponsor, Canadian Pro Shop Online, who has introduced. To everybody, the Clubhouse Golf Box, an amazing gift for the golfer in your life, just in time for the holiday season, Uh, loaded with amazing products from top brands. Simply choose the essential or the premium box, choose the ship date, and they look after everything else. They pack it and they ship it right to you or your lucky recipient. It's gift giving made easy. Get yours and uh, browse for other great gift ideas at CanadianProShopOnline.com. Well, I, um, I hope that you have enjoyed uh, this episode of Flagstick Podcast, watching it or listening to it. Be sure to follow us across all social media networks. As always, Instagram, X, Facebook, TikTok, Threads. Subscribe <laughs> on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can watch these two wonderful faces and the people that we interview on YouTube whenever you like. Uh, click the notification bell. Like us, make sure you never miss a single episode. Uh, make sure you head over to flagstick.com for the uh, amazing content that we do publish there every single day. And last chance, subscribe to Flagstick Digest newsletter. Uh, not only will you be getting amazing content delivered to your inbox, uh, you'll also have your uh, your name inserted into a draw that we're going to give away a cleveland rtx 6 wedge yep and uh one lucky. draws yeah there's going to be a lot i'm telling you um keep coming back subscribe to the newsletter sign up for whatever draws we put up there yeah we're trying to give stuff away we love you um all right well on that note as always we do appreciate you tuning in but until next week i am jeff botter i'm scott mcleod always remember go for the stick